everybody welcome back so today's topic is called don't bet the farm and i got this because i've just been thinking as you know i'm into entrepreneurship making a little bit of money on the side through a side hustle or whatever and um i've noticed i like to watch uh like bar rescue restaurant impossible even hotel impossible some of those shows um i used to watch a whole bunch of those and it's funny how many people work their entire life and they save up a you know a little nest egg and then their big plan is they spend it and they buy some business that they don't have any experience in i don't know how many times on any of those shows where the host comes in and he's like okay so tell me about this restaurant well you know we saved up all this money through our life we retired and we took our nest egg and we bought this restaurant so how how much experience do you have running a restaurant? Zero. Well, what makes you think you could run a restaurant? Well, I, I'm a good cook, you know, or we bought this bar. Well, so you spent $300,000 on a bar. Uh, what kind of experience do you have? None. And so <clears throat> I think the thing is, I just want to encourage you to look for opportunities to create passive income in a way in which you're not uh, you're not betting the farm. You're not putting all your eggs in one basket. And that means not taking large amounts of money that you can't afford to lose. You know, if things go sideways, can you afford to lose the money that you're putting in? Or here's another one. And I know this is probably going to make some people uh, not agree with me, but don't borrow money to go into a business venture. Don't borrow money to go into real estate. You know, I, I just don't see, I know there's a lot of stuff promoting real estate and you borrow money and then you use other people's money and then you refinance and then you do it again and you do it. But to me, if, if you're trying to make numbers work by borrowing and then renting and then hoping there's a spread, I own a rental and it's the first house that my wife and I lived in. So we didn't actually acquire it as a rental. But when we moved, we kept it. So there is a payment on it. But as my first house, it's a very low payment. And it's still, you know, if, if you're like me, you tend to, your lifestyle tends to go up as your income goes up. And so you end up with this income that's not, there's not a whole lot of margin, right? Because you it's just kind of human nature, I think. And, and I'm working on it and I'm sure you're probably working on it. But I can tell you when a renter moves out and there's destruction and you have to put a couple thousand dollars into the house and you're losing that rent for the month, it it's painful. And I can't imagine if I had a big, huge mortgage payment. But what I really can't imagine is if I had done that 10 times or 20 times over and I had 10 rentals at one time or five rentals at one time, that we're all having issues like that. So instead of $2,000 or $3,000 that I'm missing out, plus, you know, $1,000 or $1,500 in rent, you're, you're losing all of that because you have, it's, it's multiplied. You know, you just think if, if you have five rentals that the renters move out and it costs $1,500 to get them back up, just minimum, then, you know, 10 houses would be $15,000. And then you also lose the rent on those. So that might be another ten or $15,000. So just don't bet the farm. And so what are some of the things that you can do 
to generate passive income and income that's you know large enough to be worth doing, here are some of the things that I'm doing. Now, you can do blogging, and I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before. Blogging is very technical. Just because you're a writer, just because you're a good writer, doesn't mean you're going to be good at blogging. The competition is fierce. You got these big, uh, huge companies that are putting out just blog posts that they might put out 20 blog posts a day. And so as a small blogger, you're trying to compete with that. And there's so much technical stuff like backlinks, page loading speed, all that kind of stuff that it doesn't really serve you to make any money off ads until you're probably getting 20 to 30,000 views a month. And I can tell you, I've never hit that. I've had a blog for 10 years. I don't write as consistently as I used to, but the traffic has kind of stabilized. It's not really growing. It's not really going down. I publish every now and then, but I'm nowhere near 20,000 views a month. So if I put ads on my site, it's going to slow my site down, which will probably make me lose ranking and views. And then I'm also not going to make very much, maybe like 50 bucks a month or something. So it just hasn't been worth it to me. So, but that is an option. Now, a better option, I'm experimenting right now, obviously with podcasting. I've got a prayer podcast out and that one I did as an experiment. I, it's guided prayer. It's called um, daily guided prayer. And so if you want to check that out, it's just our church does guided prayer on Sundays and I just thought, wow, this is this is pretty neat. What if I did a podcast that I didn't have to continuously create episodes? I just created a handful of episodes and then I just see what happens with it. So I published that about three weeks or a month ago and it's growing a little bit, but I'm not really sure how how podcasting kind of works. So I'm not sure what the growth rate is expected. I don't know if that's normal, not normal. And then this podcast, I think I started publishing a week or two later. So this one, I will continually put on episodes. That one, I'm just going to see if it grows. And the way podcasting works, I'm doing it through Anchor, which is an app. If you have an iPhone, and probably they probably have one for Android, you just download the app and you record. It's probably the easiest thing to create. Now, will it create substantial income? I'm not sure, but I'm going to do it for a while and and see how it goes. And so the way podcasting works, at least with Anchor, is you get you can put ads on it and you get like $10 per 1,000 views. So if I can get the 10,000 views a month, that would be $100 a month. And so that's kind of how that works. And then when you get to a certain size, you can start doing sponsored, sponsored podcasts where you can, I think, read like an ad or something for a company and those pay significantly better. But they kind of grow on their own. I mean, as I've said before, I just, I record this podcast. It's just an experiment. It doesn't cost me anything. I already have a phone. I record it in my car. Right now I'm sitting in front of a gas station waiting to go to a meeting that I'm early for. So I'm just recording a podcast. It's that simple. Next one is YouTube. YouTube is, can be easy to grow, can be hard to grow. It kind of depends. What I would suggest is looking very carefully at the kind of content that you're going to create and then creating very specific content for a specific niche. I wish I would have been more specific when I started my YouTube channel. So now I have different kinds of audiences spread in there. So my videos are kind of growing slowly, but I'm trying to narrow my focus a little bit so that over time, hopefully the algorithm will figure out who wants to watch my videos. But the thing about YouTube is the content 
is based, the ad revenue that YouTube shares with you is based on the price of the ads. So a lot of people, you know, there's so many vlogs out there and so many like entertainment YouTube channels. You're going to need a lot more views to make significant money with YouTube. You could have a, a channel that's got 50,000 subscribers and quite a few views. And if you're only getting, let's say you get 500,000 views per, um, per month and you're only getting a dollar per thousand views, you're only going to make 500 bucks and that might happen. You might get 50 cents per 1000 views or 25 cents if you do it in the wrong topic. So some of the topics that pay the most are real estate, um, anything around the finance world. And when you think about it, here's why the companies that are, are competing because it's all a bid process. If I want to run an ad and I want to run it on an entertainment channel and other companies are competing with me and my ad is for, let's say it's for a $10 hairline hair care product. Well, I don't have a whole lot to spend because I'm advertising something that's $10. And if I want to get to an audience, I might go to, you know, a female audience of a vlogger that's a female and just does entertainment videos and I'm going to reach a lot of people for a little bit of money. That's what I'm looking for. Now with real estate or finance or something, maybe I'm selling an annuity or maybe I'm selling insurance or maybe I'm selling a credit card or maybe I'm selling a real estate course. Now one sale to a $5,000 real estate course or a five, 10, 20, $50,000 annuity is going to generate a lot more income, which means I have a lot more income to spend on ads. So those typically pay a lot more. And since I have videos all over the place, I've, I've noticed that they can pay significantly more. I have videos that, uh, the ad revenue comes out to, you know, five to $7, $8 per 1000 views. And then I have videos that I'm like, wow, if I could get a lot of views on this one, it's paying $46 per 1,000 views. So I don't know what the math is, but if I build up the 500,000 views and I'm making $20 or $30 or even $15, that's a whole lot more than $1 per 1,000 views. Just do 500 times 15, that's a pretty significant income. Um, so that's just something to think about as far as YouTube goes. And then you have a lot of people that do stuff on social media like TikTok and Instagram and all that kind of stuff. <clears throat> and that's good, but you really have to utilize um, affiliate marketing, um, which is where somebody clicks on a link. And then when they click on a link and they go to a website and they buy something, you get a kickback. Now, the thing is, some of those social media platforms, they don't have a good revenue sharing for ads. Um, and they haven't really figured that out. Like YouTube has figured it out. And to me, I want to double dip. I want to get paid twice. With YouTube, it has a, a huge audience. And you're, when you create a YouTube video, it grows over time. When you create a social media post, it's usually a flash in the pan. It's going to get the most views in 24 to 48 hours, and then it's going to die. If it happens to go viral, then yes, it might work out. But you're not going to get paid for the views. You'll probably only get paid for any sales that you make. And so... I like YouTube because it grows over time. The video gets bigger and bigger, gets more views and more views. And then, like I have some videos that have 24,000 views. That's that's a good amount of views. And I get paid ad revenue on that. 
And I'm thinking of one right now. If you go to my YouTube channel, Wealth and Eyes is the YouTube channel. You could check out my fire pit video. Now that one's how to build a fire pit. And within that, I have links to some tools. And the thing I sell the most of on Amazon is a fire pit ring. And it's like $150, I think, or 75. I think it's 150 bucks or 100 bucks. I don't know. But I know that the the kickback for my affiliate um, sale is three to five dollars usually on that ring. So two to three sales a day, I'm making 10 bucks a day. And 10 bucks a day ain't that much, but for one video, 10 bucks a day, it grows. So I like that I can double dip with YouTube. I can get ad revenue and then I can also get um, affiliate sales. So those are just um, some of the ideas. There's plenty of ideas um, that you can use. I have a lot of affiliate marketing um, content on my YouTube channel. I have a lot of network marketing is another one. I've mentioned that before on this podcast. I do that. And that's to me, that's like triple dipping. I can make YouTube videos about it and get paid ad revenue. I can have kind of like affiliate links to the products in my network marketing company. And I get a kickback on sales of customers. And then I can also recruit people who can go out and build a business. And then I get a kind of like an override on the volume of sales that they create doesn't take away from how much they make, but the more they make, the better I do. The more sales they get, the better I do. So network marketing is like triple dipping. And I will take triple dipping over double dipping any day. And I'll take double dipping, double dipping over single dipping any day. So anyway, I hope this was helpful. I hope you'll check out my YouTube channel. God bless. I'll see you on the next episode.